Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I think that I have come across a statement that is uh, brilliant. I have heard no one say it yet, so I'm going to go ahead and just deem this original material because I just thought of it. Literally have been going through this Mm, scary experience. I don't want to say scary because that gives it a negative connotation, but this unexplored path of entrepreneurship and literally have been trying everything in my power to do it my way. And God is just like, no, ma'am. I don't know what part you don't understand, but I said no. And I said, ma'am, and I made it a compound word and I applied it to your life. And then I need you to get it. And I just thought to myself, I said, you know, I believe that the more experiences we gather, the more wisdom, the more wise we become, the more fearful we are to a thing. And like, take for instance, I think that at one point in my early 20s, I was way riskier. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just was, you know, making decisions. Oh, I don't like this job, whatever. I'm leaving. I'm showing up late. I don't care. Fire me. Unemployment, sir. (laughs) Don't care about that. Okay, great. Um, I used to go on roller coasters. You understand? Amusement park. Like, I was the assassin. I'm getting on everything. Um, Even up until maybe my late 20s, maybe just scratching on the surface of her early 30 or touching around 30. I mean, I went skydiving. It's a whole bunch of stuff that I was just like, "Ah, let's just do it. Now, at a certain age of wisdom, approaching and gathering more experiences, there's just certain things I'm not comfortable with. Like I am not going on anybody's roller coaster. Now, I don't know if that's because now there's more of exposure to you know, you can go on YouTube and find people falling out of stuff. And you're like, bro, that has never happened. <laughs> when when I was younger, it was nothing on the news that said, hey, somebody fell out of this particular thing in Coney Island, which is, you know, I'm from New York. So that was the rollercoaster.com that we went to. That was our great adventures real quick. You was good. Park cars on point. Boom. Let's go to Coney Island. <laughs> yeah. Boardwalk. Oh, the memories. Delish. But It wasn't nothing on the daily news front page that was like, hey, somebody fell out. Like, I'm sorry. And them things was rusty. You understand? The cyclone, that thing was, it was older than molasses. It was rough. It probably had some bruises when you came off. But what you said when you got off, again, I want to go again. Because, you know, it was just that excitement of who cares? We're not thinking about, ooh, this copay is going to be ridiculous if I got to go to the urgent care or emergency room. None of that information is surfacing or overwhelming your decision to, ooh, do I go back on this? And I just found myself like, you know what? You have got to get to a point. This is me talking to myself. You have got to get to a point that you become so bold and so brave that you step into the unknown without any other additional just questions or statements or what ifs, none of that lurking in the background. And so what I literally did is what I'm calling you to literally do. I literally took one huge leap of spiritual and physical faith. Like I just took one giant step and I said, this is me walking to the unknown. 
And the one thing that I like to do when I'm going through something like that, because, again, I feel like the enemy's entire arsenal is to make you feel like you are the only one on planet Earth that is going through that particular segment. And I feel like that's when we get into places that it's like, you know, no one understands you. You get into these different things in your head that I don't feel is the healthiest. So I go back to my roots. Now, I looked back at Exodus in the Bible and I said, you know, the Israelites had the same issue. They had the same issue, right? They prayed to God, okay, for 400 years because they were experiencing an entirely different level of agony than we can ever possibly um, fathom. So then God goes ahead, does these things that are, you know, m- miraculous and tried to do something different in just 10% of that time, just 40 years. And they just had a difficult time continuously walking boldly into unknown territory. And I was like, my gosh, let me go ahead and just outline it to you. Because it was mind-blowing to me. The plagues in Egypt, God was doing some stuff that it just, if it were not clear that God didn't play about his people, (laughs) the plagues alone would have had me like, yeah, Pharaoh, I don't, bruh, you out of your league on this one. I'm not even going to hold you. Um, once frogs and boil, mm-mm. You, after the fourth plague, I would have been like, yeah, this is looking like, um, yeah, I don't even want to do this. This is looking like an undefeated situation on God's end. I'm just going to go ahead and just gracefully bow out. And um, would you say, Moses, let them go? Sure. <laughs> Call y'all Uber, okay? Y'all can get, go ahead and get up out of here. And that's just how that would have went for me. But, but we don't even see that, like, how I couldn't have been there and kind of had an overshadowing of, like, mm, like, have you had things happen in your life that you, like, bruh, God can't be any clearer with me. It is clear that he wants me to do A, fill in the blank. And I know that I know that I know because... This, this, and this happened. It couldn't be any clearer. Let me go ahead and just have a vulnerable moment real quick. I was going to wait till later on in the phone call to do it, but I feel like it's a good time to do it now. God has, and let me just give you a little bit of background. I have worked since I've been 13 years old, okay? Some of you left Rack City, shouts out to my neighborhood, Corona, New York. Yep. Uh, and I have worked expeditiously since that time. I have worked, again, did you hear what I, I said? 13, okay, which means that my menstrual came, and then my mother was like, cool, you're an adult now, go work. At least that's how it worked out in my head. I have worked, I have always worked. I have gone to school and worked. I have had my child and work. I have had children and worked. I have gotten married and worked. And for some reason, in this particular juncture of my life, God is like, I want you to focus on one thing. Because in lieu of me working, I have always simultaneously been doing something else. So I had a full time job and was doing the whole state thing and, you know, really working in my field and my career. And then I am someone who is an overachiever, workaholic, however you want to call it. I like to call it overachieving. And so when Uber first came out, I think I told you before, I went ahead and did Uber. And so I started businesses from home. I've always had two things simultaneously happening all the time. However, my health took a hit. 
But that wasn't enough to get my attention because I was just like, listen, you know, we, we, we setting up things for the kids. You know, we do. When I get stuck into something, when I get a goal, I get laser focused and it's nothing no one or no one can absolutely say, including my body. Oh, you sick? You have a nice day. We're going to pop these prescriptions that the doctor has given and you're going to go ahead and get up and do this again. I didn't believe in downtime. I just kept going, going, going. Energizer Bunny had nothing on me. Fast forward to this very juncture in my life, God has taken away the opportunity for me to run on that particular mouse per hour with my body. Now, God has done it, but my brain and how I function has not caught up to that just yet. So there is something inside of me that's wanting to, okay, like, yeah, I'm saying, you know, Israelite flow. I'm saying, God, I don't want to be in this environment anymore. I know that you want better for me. I want this, that, and the third. But as we're journeying out of Egypt, something in me is still bringing Egypt with me. And so I had to just look back and I'm like, because I know that this thing is just not a me thing. I, I, I know it's not. But God split the Red Sea for the Israelites. At what juncture in your life have you ever, talking to the Israelites, seen that God did such a thing? That should have made you go, you know what? Wherever he's taken us, I know we could. I know we could. Outrageous. I've never seen this before. Being led by a cloud by day and a fire by night, sir, ma'ams, Israelites, all of y'all, y'all never seen that. You've never seen that. You getting water from a rock? Hmm? No, come friend. When if, when if, again, this is all in Exodus in the Bible. And it's just like, are y'all kidding me? You get in frosted flakes, a.k.a. manner, but it really was crispy flakes with sugar. On. Listen, I know frosted flakes when I hear it. And it was great from the Israelites. Have a nice day. But frosted flakes from the sky? Oh, my goodness. And it's easy to read something like that and to feel like, oh, how could they be so stupid? You know, it don't make any sense. You know, I mean, at this point, can we even fault the Israelites for having remnants of Egypt within themselves? I, I mean, really? But when you look at and compare that to what God has done, it is, you know, a little easy to get upset with them and to feel like, I don't understand. Like, y'all didn't get it. This is the same God that split the Red Sea for you. You didn't get it. This is the same God. But if we were able to pull back the chapters of your life, will we be able to say the same thing about your life? Like, why are you fretting over that bill being paid? Didn't God do a financial, some type of blessing in your life prior to? Why are you fretting about what the doctor said? Like, didn't you see him operate in such and such as life in the same realm? And you know that he is not a respecter or has a favorite on earth at all. So you know if he do it for one, he's going to do it for another one. So why are you getting fretful now? Why are you getting fretful and feeling like, oh, got my timeline. I was supposed to be married by this time. I was supposed to be in this part of my career by this point. I was supposed to have children and I was supposed to, I was supposed to. But like, at what point don't you understand that God, the Bible says that he delights in your heart's desires. Every juncture of your life, he delights in it. So you think he's going to just watch you and be like, <laughs> as he's, you know, elbowing Jesus, like, look, she thought she was going to be married. <laughs> hilarious to watch her go around this earth and think that she really was going to get something. Love it. Isn't this hilarious? You are not God's entertainment. You are God's child. 
And if he placed that desire in your heart and the Bible says that he delights in it and the Bible even says that the angel looks at humans and go, what matter of man is this that you delight in them like this, God? And that's me paraphrasing. But like even the angels are like, oh my goodness, that he placed us a little below angels? Like we are that important to him? Why did you get a certain segment of your life and forget all the marvelous things that he's done before? It's easy to look at the Israelites and go, bro, I don't get it. It's like y'all complaining and murmuring and doing all these things. Did y'all forget? The real question is, did you forget? I don't know where we got to this place where we're like, okay, so this is our segment of life and let's just keep the normalcy by singing here and not moving. And, you know, if it were up to us, we wouldn't be really be doing anything kind of new. But that just goes against everything that we were ever taught. Like I really went all the way back to birth and I'm like, yo, real talk, our first mm, three years, matter of fact, five years on earth, it is submerged and bum rushed with all things newness. Bruh, you literally were birthed from a womb to earth, somewhere warm, somewhere super cold lights, people around you, you had no idea who those people were. And it's just like, okay, uh, oh, I got a voice. What's this going on here? From taking your first steps, to riding a bike, to learning how to swim, to getting going to daycare, to kindergarten, to first, second, go all the way up, to going to different schools, to getting different classes, to making different friends, from possibly going to different neighborhoods, to getting your first job, to going to school, to going to college, maybe furthering your degree, maybe moving out of the home, whatever it is, like, oh my goodness, past, past five years? And I give you the first five years because, you know, you're walking, you're crawling, you're doing all these different things. And so all that's taking effect. After five, we're still experiencing newness, but maybe not so, you know, so prominent. You're still going through puberty. You're still going through, you know, the aches and pains of growing. You're still going through all these different things. I mean, for crying out loud, as you heard from our conversations on revamp and my shaky leash, your foot's still growing. Hmm unbelievable you know I get emotional when I talk about the feet size and stuff so let's just go ahead and move forward but it may not be as prominent as our first five years but we are to continue to grow and I really believe that it it picks up momentum as we get older because now we have we have experiences it's one thing to be afraid of dogs now because you got bit before remember how brave you were prior to that it's one thing to feel like no I don't want to do that because that looks scary because we could hurt ourselves it was another thing listen they had to tell us no 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 don't touch that that's hot <laughs> you know we uh pulling ourselves up and throwing ourselves places I mean we were literally the bravest that we ever were prior to it, our experiences and I want us to kind of get back to that. Like really getting and honing that level of bold. Because in my opinion, being bold enough to apply for that job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that that's that takes a lot of a lot of boldness there. Yeah, they say you may need this many years experience to be taken seriously, but you have to take the first step. You know what I started telling myself? Because I really get 
excited or I feel some type of admiration behind people that say, oh, I've been practicing in my field for 20 years, 30 years, you know, whatever the years is, you know, fill in a blank that will impress you. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's fabulous. But I always remind myself that that person at some point in their juncture following that particular career path had to say, today's my first day. The same person that admired, that I admired, that impressed me by saying, oh, you've been practicing for 20 years. Oh, you've been practicing for 30 years. That same person at some juncture, the early portions of their career had to say, today's my first day. They had to say, I've only been doing this for six months. Actually, I've only been in practice my first year. Can you imagine going to a doctor's office? And it's like, how long have you been in practice? Actually, three months. You're my um, 20th person that I've seen. You've been in practice for three months? Oh, okay. The boldness that you have to kind of build up within yourself to say, yeah, I know it's only been three months, but I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah, I know it's only been nine months, but... That means I got a fresh eye on the situation. As a matter of fact, if I'm honest with you, that's how I picked out my PCP, my primary care doctor. When I called, they were like, hey, we have a new doctor because I was trying to figure out who took my insurance and, you know, move into the new neighborhood. And when I asked about the doctor, they were like, without me even prompting, they said, hey, I think that this doctor would be a great fit for you. You know, he's fresh out of medical school, which means he has up-to-date information. He has a, you know, better eye. He's not jaded. And so I think that this would be great. And I've never seen newness packaged in such a delightful way in my life. You know, we want the person that looks like grandpa. And he's been, you know, he was your, your grandmother's doctor. You know, he's a family, family doctor. N to say, yeah, he's new, but this is the advantage to being new was like, oh, you know what? I can kind of rock with that. I ain't even going to hold you. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. And so another little vulnerable moment for me, if I'm really honest with you, that um, some of my best gifts or biggest accomplishments have been when I took huge steps of faith, when I made a conscious decision to step into the unknown. Because let me tell you the altar to that real quick. Um, swimming. Back in the days, and I may have told you this before, but if I have, you know, just go ahead and humor me. The way that they tried to teach me to swim was when they picked up my five-year-old body. I don't know what the pounds and ounces were at that time, but I weighed absolutely nothing, I'm sure, because, again, the way that I'm built. They picked me up in all of my one piece and threw me on the deep end of the water. Now, uh, I was already fearful because the way that they picked me up and put me over their shoulder, okay, great, um, like I was Santa's bag of presents. I was like, okay, what are you doing? It was already a, a frantic, oh, no, oh, no, what's this? But to have me scream all the way to the pool and then you throw me in the pool and I am holding on like a Siamese cat, like I'm clawing, I'm like, no, I'm not getting off this particular you know, shoulder of the person who did so. We will let that family member remain nameless because we don't want to talk about a vice grandbaby. But he goes ahead and he throws me in the deep end. And I am frantic. I didn't come up. I remember to this day, 
very much over five years old at this point, but this is one of them scarring moments where you'll never forget. I'll be telling my great grandkids this, like, and then what they did was, like, I, I already know it. I remember looking back up, opening my eyes, and seeing him then just look at me like, mm. And I think someone said, she's not coming up, so they had to come back down, go back down and get me. That one experience ruined me wanting to swim for the rest of my life. Real talk. To the point that it is hilarious, but not so hilarious, that my husband, I don't want to laugh. Don't tell him we laughed at him. No, because it's not nice. He had a similar experience. See, it's not funny when it's me, but you know how when somebody else experiences it, it's hilarious. His father took him to swimming lessons. And they told, they did the same thing. They were like, okay, I guess he conquered the three feet. My husband, you know, was always tall for his age. So they was like, cool, come to the to the deep end. He goes ahead and he jumps in, Um, had a little, you know, worship experience with chlorine because that's how that worked out for his lungs. And his father was in the parking lot waiting for, you know, his swimming class to be over. And so he said that he told his father, yeah, I don't want to come back. This is not for me. Not letting him know that, a.k.a., he nearly drowned, sir. And his father was just like, okay. And my husband has never, ever tried to swim again. So when we shared that opportunity or that experience with each other, we made a commitment that at 76 years old, because that's how I feel like we are now, we are going to learn to swim this year like literally there I one of the things that we both did was we made sure that our children knew how to swim because you know if somebody needed somebody need to save the baby so must well be y'all y'all count on each other okay great um because what I'm gonna do I'm gonna call 911 faster than you ever seen like I'm gonna be 911 screaming woo I'm listen I'm gonna be the human flare gun you understand but y'all need to depend on each other because um past this five feet if I can't if my toe can't feel mm-mm I mean, I'm a tall woman, you know. She got a lot of five. I'm just going to say five ten, five ten, okay? But um, I'm only comfortable in the five. So, yeah. You're going to have to just depend on each other. So, again, we're going to go ahead and conquer this because I want to do this in all areas of my life. I really do. But, again, some of my greatest accomplishments came from me just devouring the unknown, becoming a mom. Nothing prepares you for that. I don't care how many times you read what to expect when, when to, you know, when expecting. Every child is different. Every pregnancy is different. People can give you some starter information, like this is what you do for cradle clap, this is what you do for this, that, and that. But no one can really prepare you for the hormonal differences and all the things that take place because it is a literal case-by-case situation. Moving to Georgia, my entire family is in New York. Well, that's where we all started out. Now we all disperse. And yeah, it's just all over the place. But it took a great, a great deal of just courage to say, okay, I'm going to go to this unknown location and I'm going to live here. Not visit, you're living. Mind you, I have been born and raised in an entirely different state, an entirely different culture. Let me explain something to you. New York culture, it, it can be replicated. It is only, we only understand each other, in my opinion. And especially when you move to a different part of the coast, 
Like, to go from north to south, I even think it's the same to go from east coast to west coast. I really, truly feel like New York culture just cannot be. I literally feel like we should be our own just class or something that you have to teach people. You can't just move up there. No, no, no. Okay. I want you to be careful. Certain things you could do and cannot do. Certain things you're going to have to adapt to a lot of um, nonverbal body language. Okay. And you, your safety depends on it, sir, ma'am. You see what I'm saying? And so coming to the South was just like, mm, I had a lot of headbutts with people. Because I was very New York and they were very South. And I was like, I don't get it. Why do y'all tell each other's business? And not like you gossiping, you telling me your business. And I'm just listening because you're not finna know my business. I don't know you. It's ridiculous. But walking into that was, you know, I didn't cower from it. It wasn't like, oh, it's not for me. It's just I pressed on. Meeting my husband and opening up my heart to him was by far the biggest challenge of unknown that I have conquered to date. Okay, because the trust issues and all the other chips on shoulder and experiences that turned the scars in my soul that I had required a, you know what? The truth is, I don't know. But what I do know is that where I'm at and for what I desire, I cannot continue to walk the same path thinking I'm going to get a different experience. And so the takeaway that I want for this conversation is fear of the unknown has always tried to stop us but you have to be brave enough to explore that there are no monsters under that bed that scary silhouette in your closet is just your winter coat with the scarf and situation on it you see what I'm saying we have to get to a point that we're like God I trust you you did it before And even if I'm in a realm that I can't really facilitate or locate within my life where you have done it, like I trust you. Right now, I am literally saying, God, I trust you for everything entrepreneurship because let me explain something to you. I have tried to do part-time jobs. I have tried to do, okay, let me just, uh, I can possibly just work from home. And I don't know what it is about this particular season. I know that he will reveal it as I continue to journey on and trust and just kind of put this behind me. But he is not wanting for me to operate at the mouse per hour that I used to. Where he is directing me now does not require that much gas for me. And I'm just used to jumping in the car called life, getting in there, putting on my seatbelt, going, setting the GPS and letting nothing stop me. And while I've done that and I have accomplished a lot in the school realm, you know, my education with me setting my own personal goals and with me going to companies and just really skyrocketing. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, just promoting me and doing things. I've never explored that in the entrepreneur lane. So I am very uncomfortable. I almost feel like it's back to square one of me being birthed into a new experience. And let me explain something to you. It is uncomfortable. But when you can't locate that God has done it for you before, the wisest thing that you can do is say, okay, well, where has he done it for someone else? Because like I said, he is not a fit. Yep. He has no favorites. He doesn't favor man. So if he's done it for one, he'll do it for another one. So 
I looked up situations where I'm like, okay, has anyone else? And it's almost like it's been on repeat. Like I'm watching people who are like, every job I ever applied for for the last three years, God has said no, and I'm so glad he that he did. And I'm so glad that, you know, the nights that I cried and temper tantrum that he didn't, you know, go ahead and just let me do whatever because now look where I'm at. And, you know, five, I was consistent for five years, and then look what happened. And, blah, blah. and something about this time frame, excuse me, <laughs> of three to five years has just been this triggered, like, you gave the work market, since you, you gave them years of your life, since you've been 13 years old, can you give God five years? Like with the Israelites, you cried out to God and you were in that situation for 400 years. Could y'all have possibly given God like a solid 40 years. I mean, seriously. It didn't even have to take 40 years. 40 years was their punishment. But could you have given God a tenth of that? And so at this very juncture of my life, I'm like, you know what? We got we have to travel different so that we can receive a difference. We just we have to. And so I have two challenges for you this time. One, I want you to highlight those times where you did weather the unknown in your life. Because I do feel that this is how you get the most, the best form of encouragement and the ability to see what you've conquered before. I think that it's a necessary catalyst. See where you have weathered the unknown before and get encouraged. And if you're in a particular place where you're like, well, I haven't, it's unknown to me for real, for real. Like I haven't seen this before in my life. Then I need you to go ahead and do what I've done. I need you to find what he's done it for someone else. We have too many platforms for you to have just unknown in your, in your life without going ahead and finding someone who was like-minded. You see what I'm saying? The second challenge is what part of your life right now is God requiring you to boldly step into the unknown? to boldly step are you supposed to make that move to that state are you supposed to go ahead and all right now you're supposed to try entrepreneurship is it time for you to go ahead and conquer home ownership I've know you've seen some people who they didn't do so well and it kind of scares you with the market and all that but is he saying that it's time it's the time for you to really go ahead and apply for that promotion I know you kind of like uh, but I do this job so well and it's less stress and I don't know what to expect from there but is God prompting you to do something are you at a point in your life that you like, listen, if I say I'm going to write this book one more time, I'm probably going to just, I just I'm, I'm going to scream. Just go ahead and write the book. What's the problem? You, you can do an ebook. There are so many different things that you can do, but what you cannot do is continue to hide because the silhouette in your closet looks scary. What part of your life is requiring for you to be bolder than you ever have? Please don't make it. Where prior to your experiences, that's when you were your boldest. But now that you are more aware and you have more things to facet and, you know, you have a family now or, you know, you're a little bit more experienced and you got some things tacked on to you that you're like, okay, what if? And you have all these different layers and things spiraling in the background as you make your choices. Please don't make it that prior you was the boldest form of you. I feel like that's backwards living. 
we should literally be getting better and better and better. Like it should be an error. How you were in your 20s was not how you were in your teens. How you were in your 30s, you weren't like, and while there's wisdom, there should still should be forms of boldness. It may not be as bold anymore as, oh, I used to get on every roller coaster and now I can just do every, but it should be still momentums of growth, momentums of bold steps. You know what these conversations are about. They are life-provoking conversations. I want you to take these challenges seriously. And I want you to seriously get in tuned with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, where am I cowering? Because bold steps really do produce bold outcomes. And in order for you to get that thing that you're just like, I'm so glad that I didn't give up, you're going to have to do something bold on the front end. Okay? But I feel like you got what you need. And that's my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and see where you need to be bold at and be the boldest that you've ever been. I'm rooting for you. Okay? All right. Later.